If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. The game against San Marino. I mean, we said it on the podcast on Friday. Oh, I thought you were going to say the World Cup. Then I was about to say you can a bit ahead of yourself. We've only played, we've only played two games. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter as always, Brad. How are you doing on this Monday afternoon? I'm fantastic. I can go outside. Oh, and the sun is absolutely beaming here uh, where we are today. So the start of uh, spring is officially here as well. So it's all good things on the horizon. However, it's still the international break as a time of recording and we have had international fixtures since uh, we recorded our podcast on Thursday. England have played twice. The on first game they played was against San Marino where they won 5-0 and then they played Albania on Sunday in a game which they won 2-0. The game against San Marino, I mean, we said it on the podcast on Friday. <laughs> Win the oh, oh, I thought you were going to say the World Cup then. I was about to say you're going to be ahead of yourself. We've only, played, we've only played two games. You said on the podcast on Friday you was expecting a 5-0 win and anything less was disappointing. It should have been double figures from what I had on. But, uh, yeah. yeah th- this is a almost a damning statement, what I'm about to say, because yesterday I found for the first time in what feels like years the formula one to be more interesting than an england game no the formula one was a lot more interesting than an england game it hasn't been interesting for years Mm. this is the thing though with england they get drawn in a group with a bunch of nobody so they're in like whether it's the world cup qualifiers or the euro qualifiers we always get easy games i mean we spoke about it the other day who were in england's group and it's just a bunch of nobodies apart from poland and hungary Right. It's very rude on Hungary. No, I said Poland and Hungary, and the other three teams are Albania, Andorra, and San Marino. We're all, we're always going to win them games. Like if England don't finish this qualification group with a hundred percent record, or say maybe nine wins and a draw, because the draw coming against Poland, it's going to be a disappointment for Southgate. I think that's a bit of a downer there on Hungary. I think they're probably the better team overall. I think Poland, well, have, they have the best player in the world right now. Yeah. As we know, the rest of their team is sort of lacking, at least from an outside perspective. I think Hungary do well, have more options team-wise. I mean, you've got, obviously, Galashi in goal, uh, Adam Salajoy as well, 
uh, they'd usually have. Oh, oh, what's that fellow who's joined Leipzig now? You're going to have Dominic Spolscher. Yes, the ball shy, but he's currently injured. So they have a good few players. Are they better than the Poland team? Undecided. I mean, looking at the qualifying so far, they've got an identical amount of goals scored and conceded. So, and and are higher. So it remains to be seen. England got the results they needed. Two wins out of two so far. Who? Standout players, I think, first game, probably say Calvert-Lewin or Jesse Lingard. Yeah, Lissy Lingard stands out for the fact that he couldn't score past that San Marino goalkeeper. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah. That goalkeeper he, was having a madness despite everything. Yeah, he seemed to be saving every Lingard shot possible and then letting every other one else go in. But he made, there was at least two saves I thought were pretty world-class in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were definitely... Big big saves. And he couldn't deal. So he couldn't deal with the mighty Ollie Watkins. Scoring on his England debut. And I believe there was a story that means that's like another one point five million that Aston Villa have to pay for someone, is it? Because of his I think, we get some, okay. I think I don't know if Brentford had something as well with Exeter. Mm. So I think it's them as well, but yeah, winners all round. Yes, and then uh, in Sunday's game, standout performer definitely, I'd say Mason Mount or Luke Shaw. So was, was that your Gareth Southgate impression then, praising Mason Mount? Because well, he looked good, but I can't praise anyone. That was the most boring game I've watched in quite a while. Yeah, it was a boring game, but <laughs> it's England. In a way, in Albania, I'm not expecting anything too big of a result there. And Gareth Southgate, for me, doesn't play the most entertaining football anyway, so I wasn't expecting anything else. Like that starting 11 he put out is something that I'm fully expecting to be the starting 11 against Croatia in the first group game. Yeah, so a reminder for those of you didn't see it, Pope and goal, Walker, Stones, Maguire, Shaw as the back four, Royce, Calvin Phillips and Mason Mount in the midfield three, and then the forward three of Phil Foden, Harry Kane, and Raheem Sterling. I think maybe Calvin Phillips' position is the one that's probably the most up for grabs out of that starting 11, but I'd oh, have yeah. to agree with you. The rest of it is pretty set in stone. And maybe, me, obviously, Pope and Pickford swap over. For me, he's not in it. And I'm not a Calvin Phillips hater. Listen, I do really like him. I, I see what he brings to a team and he fits Leeds' system very well. But better options in terms of what the England midfield should be. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't think he's the best option that he's going to have. Even if you're playing Jack Grealish out of his natural, well, I say natural, more natural left-sided position, I think he would work better behind Harry Kane than what Calvin Phillips does. Yeah. What, what would be what be better to see would be Royce, obviously, in the DM. Yeah. Then Mason Mountain as that number eight, which you mm. can do. Then you have Foden as the number 10. Yeah. And then you bring in, maybe put Sterling on the right. Where he played yesterday. Well, he was... Oh. 
can't remember what it was he played just there, but then you have Grealish on the left, and Grealish plays pretty much interchangeable for us in mm. club football anyway. He floats all over. Yeah. Which means Sterling can go on the left anyway. Yeah, which I mean, Sterling does the exact same thing for Manchester City as well. He's never just stuck to that one side. He's always moving about the front three line for Pep Guardiola's side. So, yeah, it's definitely something that could happen and you never know if they have a couple more friendlies lined up before the Euros. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Southgate do it. If there's one thing to add as well, I know Harry Kane's overall game now season come deep quite a lot to try and dictate stuff, but my God, can you please stop doing that? Oh no, it's so annoying. Like, it was, they were analysing it in half-time. Yes, that from what I was seeing. Every time he came deep, there was just no one forward then. Yeah. And he just lacked that. And then the second he's forward, he ends up scoring. And that's where I think the difference between Calvert-Lewin and Kane is Calvert-Lewin is that type of striker that will definitely stay there in that position. And when there's a quick counter-attack, he'll be there compared to Kane, who, like you said, comes a lot deeper naturally. And if England want to play like a good, quick counter-attacking style of play... I, I, I would hesitate to say you'd maybe don't play Kane well, or you no play him. He's the captain. There's no way he doesn't start. He's literally the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, but it's one of them. Do you sacrifice playing good attacking football just for Harry Kane to say? That's already been done. Don't worry. But, yeah, yeah, there's no joy in it. It's there. You want to, if you want to play that style of football, Hurricane just doesn't suit it. Roll on, June. Elsewhere for the home nations on the second match day, Republic of Ireland lost 1 0 to Luxembourg. Uh, Jason Rodriguez scored in the 85th minute uh, for Luxembourg, which is a That's massive exactly. shock. Just about. Uh, it's, go on. How far the Republic of Ireland have fallen? They're not even going to qualify for the World Cup already. I oh, know. Scotland played out a one draw with Israel. Uh, Ryan Fraser pulled the Scots level just before the hour mark after going up one nil down just before half time. And Northern Ireland, who did they play? I believe they played the US in a friendly. Yes, and the US won two. I believe so. Yeah. One in the friendly so we still have one more set of international fixtures to go which is tomorrow and wednesday i believe yeah uh, <laughs> you were looking at me for clarification there. yes <laughs> uh, before we return to club football so bring on that well the only there's anyone talking about that it's the the poland game now becomes less interesting because there's no Lewandowski. Yes, as it's been ruled out for what, five to ten days. Someone else had a knee injury and it's putting him at risk for Munich's game against Leipzig this weekend. No, they don't need him. He'll be back and end up scoring at this rate. <laughs> He's got a record to get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. On to the WSL now, and we had the six fixtures across the weekend, starting off at Old Trafford between Manchester United and West Ham in the half-eleven kickoff in the first game that Man United women have ever played a professional league game at Old Trafford and Casey Stoney side won 2-0 thanks to a Lauren James goal and Kristen Press as well. 
both within a few minutes of each other in the second half. West Ham did finish the game with 10 players after Laura Vettelon was sent off with 13 minutes remaining. United thoroughly deserved the win, in my opinion, and I think Casey Stoney apparently said it at halftime. She was disappointed that they didn't take more chances in the first half. Obviously not using that language, she apparently used more expletives, saying that if they want to be a Champions League club, they have to be playing at a Champions League level. And she's right. they playing in Old Trafford then? (laughs) Good joke. But, yeah, great to see. And uh, now with Lauren James scoring the first goal at Old Trafford, one of those accolades that she's ticked off because she was the first player to score in the FA Women's Championship for Man United, first player to score in the FA Women's Super League for Manchester United and the uh, FA Cup as well for Manchester United. And she's still... 19 years old not a bad record to have yes uh then it was the north london derby between tottenham hotspur and arsenal from the tottenham hotspur stadium and it was jeremy montemura's arsenal that ran out three nil winners thanks to caitlin ford katie mccabe and a wonder strike from viviana miedemar to give the sides three points and keep the pressure right on top of manchester united um, is there anything Miedema can't do? That goal go, was... Go on, I'll give you five minutes. Just whack lyrical. <laughs> it was an absolute peach of a goal. Coming from a corner from Katie McCabe, Miedema had a player on her and also Caitlin Ford and a defender in front of her and she managed to hit it first on the volley past uh, Becky Spencer, I think it was in goal for Tottenham. And although Spencer did seem to get a hand to it, uh, it wasn't enough to start the strike going, and it now means Miedema has scored her 15th goal in the league this season. Just as well, they had 26 shots. Yeah, which is, I think, the more disappointing bit, that they only scored three. So it seems like it. They usually score like a good few against Tottenham, and I just I don't know what was wrong with them. They just couldn't get... I mean, Jill Rod had three or four chances that I can just think of off the, off the top of my head where she could have uh, scored. But, uh, it was either saved by Spence or hit off the defender, so that's why it was only 3-0. And then the final game on Saturday took place at the Academy Stadium between Manchester City and Reading, and it was Man City that won it in the 87th minute thanks to a Chloe Kelly goal after a brilliant piece of skill from Lauren Hemp to Weaver sell through three or four Reading defenders and uh, lay it off to Kelly for an easy goal. City are definitely going to be disappointed with that result, only beating Reading 1-0. It sounds like they made pretty hard work of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, when the comment... Cause the con- I can't remember who the commentators gave uh, Man of the Match for now. I don't know whether it was Lucy or Kelly, but I was like, at the same time, although she was on the losing side, Grace Maloney made some excellent saves in that. And poor... The City strikers under a lot of pressure to take shots early, and that's why it was only 1-0, because they weren't clinical enough. But it, Reading have seemed to have been the top side's black bogey team this year, because I know Man United have lost to them. Uh, City only just... I don't know whether Arsenal have played them twice. I think the first time they played them, they absolutely destroyed them. But I, can't, I think like that second time they played them was a lot harder, so they do seem to be the surprise team. Uh, then on Sunday, Brighton hosted Everton and 
it was the Toffees that ran out 5-0 winners thanks to a Hayley Rasso hat-trick, which is a perfect hat-trick, left foot, right foot and a header, and Isabel Christiansen uh, penalty and a Simone McGill goal for Willie Kirk's side in what was definitely the surprise scoreline of the weekend. I was going to say, can we say we were really caught out by judging by our predictions in the, the last pocket? <laughs> yeah, none of us even thought it was going to be this result at all. But Hayley Russo, oh my God, she was on fire that game. Everything seemed just to go through her before, obviously, she, she scored the hat-trick herself. But she, yeah, she was a player on form that game and made it hard for uh, Hope Powell's side and a thoroughly deserved three points there for the Toffees. Then the second to last game uh, saw Chelsea play Aston Villa and it was a Sam Kerr brace with two assists from Frank Kirby that gave Emma Hazy's side the victory. And I'm just going to have a little another quick round before I'll allow you to speak. Frank Kirby. Oh, I don't has... think there's much for me to say. I'll <laughs> just look to the stats. <laughs> Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby are the best duo in football at this minute. The way they're playing, oh, it's just, it's actually a joy to watch. Like the ball game, I can't. I genuinely can't think of a better duo at this minute in time than them two. They are just playing absolutely uh, wonderful. They always seem to be scoring or assisting each other, and oh, it's genuinely one of the best. Uh, pieces of football between my like, two players I've seen in a long, long time. But, yeah, uh, disappointing result you got to say for Villa's end. It's not surprising the, the defeat, I think. But out of context, those stats make grim reading. Mm. Uh, uh, and <laughs> yeah, well, it's always going to be hard against a Chelsea team that are. Absolutely flying at the minute. Just okay. looking at something. Just looking at something. No, I think there's a, a team. Well, there's definitely a team worse than yes at the minute. I'd say it's between realistically Bristol City and West Ham. As if we like play them and lose to them, pretty much. Mm. So just looking at it this season, uh, Frank Kirby has 12 goals, Sam Kerr has 13, and Kirby has eight assists, six assists for Samka. And it's honestly, it's absolutely crazy and a joy to watch them to play uh, this season. And then the final game in the WSL between Birmingham City and Bristol City at Dampson Park finished in a 1-1 draw. Charlie Willings opened the scoring early on for Bristol City before Christine Murray, a beautiful strike just before the hour mark, gave Birmingham a point. And so the table sees Chelsea remain at top two points ahead of Manchester City. Manchester United remain three points ahead of Arsenal, though the Gunners do have a game in hand. And then West Ham bring up the foot of the table on nine points, despite playing two games less than Bristol City, who are up in 10th. So four games to go for a few teams and five for everyone else. But it's going to be a very close uh, finish to the season at both ends of the table. Who gets that last Champions League spot between Man United and Arsenal? Who goes down between Bristol City, Birmingham, Villa and West Ham? And who takes the title between Chelsea and Man City? Though I'm not one to be... I mean, I know we make predictions on this, but I definitely don't want to be making them sort of predictions who's going to win the league and who's going to go down. No, we don't go that far. No. <laughs> not this season anyway. 
Oh God. Mm. Right. Uh, there was also talk uh, earlier on this morning, uh, according to Sky Sports, that the ECA, who are the people that run the European Champions Agency, I think it is, or Community. Basically, they're the ones that do. Oh, European Clubs Association, that's what it stands for. Yeah, that's uh, very wrong from what you were saying. They are the people that sort out like the Champions League and Europa Leagues and all that. And uh, apparently they want to create a second tier European competition and Club World Cup tournament for women's football. Uh, so basically they want to include a, a Europa League, as so to speak, and a... Uh, Club World Cup, so obviously the winners of all the big European competitions go on to it. Which is a great idea, and obviously uh, like we said with the Sky deal last week, it's evident that the women's game is growing, and this could be another step in the right direction. Yeah, it does sound like it, and looking at it from the money perspective as well, it should benefit a lot more of the lower level clubs. Yeah. If they get in there, and then it just allows them to improve further. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see how many what teams it will be and what the like coefficiency ruling is for it. Because obviously, you may say like another one or two teams from England get European football. So it could be like top three get Champions League, and then fourth and fifth maybe get uh, this new Europa League if it goes through, which would be obviously a great thing. And like you said, incentives for the smaller teams, especially. Uh, in the WSO and other big leagues where there is such a fun financial disparity between the top teams and the lower league team, uh, lower teams, then that is something definitely to fight for. But there has been no confirmation of to when it is to come into uh, effect, though you would expect within the next three, four, four seasons with how the game is rising. Right. A bit of transfer news now, and apparently Liverpool are wanting to sign Ibrahima Kanate from RB Leipzig. Uh, they've apparently started talks. He has a release clause of 40 million or 47 million uh, euros, and a uh, contract would be till June 2026. Uh, he's a defender, looked very good in that Leipzig team. Could they afford to lose another centre half as well as losing Umpamakano already? I know they've a replacement in Mohamed Simiki, but that's two big losses, isn't it, for him? It will be, but I feel like they wouldn't allow it unless they were well prepared, given how Leipzig set up is. Yeah. Do you tend to allow players to go because they know that the players that they have in return come in? are really good and then there's some talk apparently that Marcel Sabitza wants to leave as well if one of what I was ready it could be quite the clear out mm. it does seem to happen every couple of years that they do seem to do a little bit of a clear up but then they have the next prodigies there and uh, waiting for them and then according to the Chronicle which is obviously uh, the paper up north uh, Dwight Gale has agreed terms on a new deal to stick with Newcastle. Uh, the contract length hasn't been disclosed as of yet, but uh, could be a good deal for Newcastle to have at least him stay for all, if they do uh, go down to the championship. 
You stole my joke then. Why, what was you going to say? I was going to say, who says Mike Ashley doesn't prepare? Well, he's preparing for the championship. Oh, yeah, if you remember Dwight Gale at West Brom, he was absolutely on fire in the championship, wasn't he? He made Rodriguez. Shame we couldn't have yeah. it in the playoffs, though. Yes. <laughs> Elsewhere along the gossip, apparently, uh, according to AS, Chelsea and Liverpool want to sign Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid, who's currently on at Arsenal. I feel like this would be the most What's Arsenal it? thing ever if it happens. Yeah. But what I also say, any story that comes out of AS is absolute BS. <laughs> they Ooh. just make up absolute rubbish all the time. That's a big shrine mark you're having there. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, uh, <laughs> Jermaine Defoe has apparently said that uh, Harry Kane has to leave Tottenham this summer if he is to win trophies, which we spoke about last week, and I fully agree. Well, it's it's the price tag, though, isn't it? It's always going to be the price tag with players of his quality nowadays, but it's also a question of whether clubs will actually want him. Hmm. It'd be very interesting to see. And final bit of news, apparently AC Milan have opened talks with Man United over the possibility of signing Diogo Dolo on a permanent deal and have apparently offered an initial £15 million for the Portuguese right back. I'm guessing that's something you would take. Yeah, because I feel like we paid roughly that amount for him, or just a little over. No, for me, from what I've seen, they've seemed to be constant in looking at signing another right back, someone more profound. So I think I've seen like. Max Aarons and other players linked with United, so it does seem like Delo's time is up, which is unfortunate because I do think he's still a young, good player and has got a lot of bright future ahead of him. But yeah, just having a look here, according to transfer market, United paid 19.8 million for him. So if we get 15 for him, we've practically recouped it all back. So we can't complain too much. Right, on to uh, did you see that? Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? Yeah, see, I think we should be starting with your one because my one's way more funny. Okay, well, mine does include a graphic warning. Graphic warning? No one's seeing it. Yeah, but it's a graphic stuff. Don't go Googling it. Maybe you're going to describe it. I'm worried now. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, just pre-warning, don't go Googling it. So, Forest Green Rovers were playing a game against Bolton Wanderers. Uh, what day was it now? Was it Friday? Or was it uh, Saturday afternoon? Saturday afternoon. And in one of the most freakish accidents I've ever seen happen on a football pitch, I just, I've never seen it. So, literally 90 seconds into the game, Jamil Matt picked up a horrific hand, hand injury in a collision with MJ Williams and he seems to have broken every finger in his hand and if you've seen images of it don't go googling in it now but it is absolutely horrible and 
it's such a freak occurrence of a thing to have happened. Yeah, that's from what I've seen of it. It's pretty grim. Oh, yeah. I know the match of the day lot were mocking Alexander Lacazette the other week for letting out his screams when he apparently got shot. Uh, though I imagine the screams were very similar from uh, the Forest Green Rovers player there. And yeah, he's been ruled out for the rest of the season, unsurprisingly. Ray Hudson, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> What have you got them for us to bring right. us a bit of any, Have you heard anything been going on lately in Tunisia? I have seen this story, yes. You have seen, so you haven't seen the, this unreal game of football between Mahamdia and R- Radez, Radez, however, however the hell they say it. Radez. Radez, I'm sorry. So, pretty normal standard game of time. It's 2-1 to Radez. But uh, mm-hmm. I want to know what was in all the half-time coffees. Because... They must have had something blooming strong. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Summer, because the game went on to finish seven all. I mean, you... <laughs> Imagine if you left the game at half-time. <laughs> I mean, I'd be more disturbed if there was fans there, to be honest. Well, yeah, but on a normal occasion, obviously, I don't know what the situation is like in Tunisia with fans being allowed into or not at games. But yeah, seven seven. Did everyone just forget how to defend or something? I don't think they could have been asked. They just came a second off. Sure. What is this defending malarkey? Mm. Let's just try and score them. Oh, it would surprise me if a couple of days' time you find out that both managers have been fired from the jobs because they had uh, one of the managers had a bit on the game finishing 7 7. This is the funny thing because I am completely finished the full story. There's more. Because the Tunisian football, I think it's the Football Association, or their higher ups, they are investigating the game. I'm not surprised. If, if it's 2 1 at half time. And finish 7-7. Seven, seven. You're damn right, I'm looking into this. <laughs> if he isn't, isn't looking into that, if that's blown up on European Twitter and social media for a game that happens in Tunisia, there's something wrong into this. Oh, Lord. You, you, know, you know, remember that? Oh, I don't know, that bit in Infinity War where Black Panther, God rest his soul, goes, we don't do that around here. That's what them lot were like. We've defended in the second half. We we just we don't do that round here. We don't defend. Well, I applaud the reference. I'm amazed you've seen this movie. As someone who doesn't watch films, I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I've just seen. I've used the GIF as well, so that's how I know about it. Still, I applaud that reference. Yes, but speaking of fraudulence, I think now is the time. <laughs> unless you, unless you want to do something else first, but I'm prepared. Against this squad. Uh, right, so on Friday, I absolutely destroyed Brad by giving him one of the hardest games he could have had to uh, go through as I gave him England versus San Marino from 2008, and he gave me. I think it was actually 2013 or 15, I can't remember. It wasn't 2008, I can't tell you that much. Okay, well, either way, it was a hard uh, squad, and he only guessed one player right out of it, and I 
guessed two, so that means I won. Uh, however, as you did go first last time, I get to go first. So what game have you got for me this week? I've almost gone by the same standards that you applied in the last podcast. Okay. So we're obviously playing Poland tomorrow. Yep. Well, it's tomorrow as of time of recording. So I want you to guess the England 11 from the game against Poland in 2013. Okay. I'm going to go with a measly because. I don't remember watching much of England in 2013, or watch England football anyway, unless it's an international tournament. 2013, so I'm going to go with four players. Just because I don't know how many you're going to get from my squad. Okay, I'm already worried. <laughs> That's quite a low number to come with. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're confident so, enough to say a low number that you don't think I will get that. <laughs> Well, not just because you won't get uh, well, I feel like you probably will win this, but my England knowledge of 2013 is awful. Who was even I'll manager? Say, I'll say this squad isn't that bad. Who's the you, manager? You can, you can aim for this. Who's the, the manager? manager? I believe 2013, it's Roy Hodgson. Hmm. Okay. Um, Joe Hart. Let's go for the goalkeepers here. I know you're way now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, who would have been the centre backs in 2013? I can't think of who the centre backs would have been. Ashley Cole would have retired then. Well, loads of name other players than defenders, you know. <laughs> I'm just trying to go through like position wise. Was Was he in the squad then? Wayne Rooney? He is in there. Okay, so that's two. Uh, 2013. Now, would it have been Frank or Stevie? That's one of the midfielders, because they both wouldn't have played then under Roy Hodgson. Could have that's the starting 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we should have substitutes that come on. Okay. Yeah, subs that come on are allowed. Um... JT, was he in that squad? You're going with John Terry? Yeah. He is nowhere near it. Really? He's not in it. Okay. Um, There goes your warning. Daniel Sturridge? Because he had a great 2013. Daniel Sturridge. It's number three. (laughs) Okay. And fourth one. Twenty thirteen against Poland. Did you, was it a friendly or a qualifier? I believe qualifier. Was Theo Walcott been in that squad? Theo Walcott is not. Okay, so that's my two strikes then. Who else was it? So, full lineup as well. Joe Hart in goal. Yeah. Now, looking at this lineup, I'm not sure who it is at right back because it appears to be three centre backs on the pitch, but one of them was bound to have been playing right back. Got a name. Chris Smalling. Centre back. Left, but we definitely know who left back is Leighton Baines. Yeah. I wasn't too sure whether it was him or Ash. Yeah. Gary Cahill. Centre back. 
You know, the other option I firmly believe is definitely centre back in this. And I don't think you've got him in a million years. Phil Jagielka. That means wait, who Smalling who the fuck is... I think I think Smalling was playing right back. Yeah. But he wasn't playing there for United at that time because he had Antonio Valencia in twenty thirteen still. I do remember him being yeah. a bit of a right back when he was younger. Yeah, I was gonna say I, f- I feel like he has had yeah, I feel like even at United, he might have had a few games at right back, actually. It's all. Brace yourself with this midfield, because no wonder we didn't win anything. Michael Carrick. Absolute baller. Underrated. Oh, no, oh, no, he, oh, no, he's not the one I'm going for in this. I was about to say, underrated and underused by England managers. Should have had more caps than right. he did. Gerard is in there. You did say Gerard. Yeah. Andrew Again, Townsend. he's not. Townsend. Where the blooming hell was he at 2012, 2013? He was a Tottenham player. Oh, Jesus Christ. He didn't do anything at Tottenham, did he? He did a bit. I don't remember really much of it, but he did a bit. Uh, Played 50 games and scored three goals from 2009 to 2016. And 2013, he went out on loan to QPR, where he played 12 times and scored two goals. What, the front three? The dream front for it. So obviously he said Wayne were in it. He said Daniel yeah. Sturridge. Yeah. Any ideas? No, you can't think of the other forward in this. Because he was a Man U player also at the time. Ashley Young. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck. So wait, he's well put playing as like a left winger then? Must have. Okay, so that was... So I got three. I told you, I didn't think well, I'd no, be able to... It's written down here as left mid. For some weird reason, so I guess it was got Wayne Bruni as the attacking mid, so it must have been like a four-four-two or something like that. Yeah, Roy, Roy Hodgson played weird formations. Let's not get into that. Your substitutes you could have had Lampard. Yeah, did say James Milner. James Milner was in the team still. Yeah, and God, what could have been Jack Wilshire? Jesus, he was alive. Not in hospital 21. then. He wasn't in hospital then with an injury. He was 21 at the time. Still had a, could have had an injury with Jack Wilshire. You know what he's like. Yeah. Decent, decent. Right. The game I've gone for happened in 2011. It was a friendly at, at Wembley Stadium in November between England and Spain. 2011? Yeah. No, I don't want I you to name that. We did, 1-0. Yeah, I'm going have a chance with this. And I'm not going to ask you to name that Spain squad because that's practically their World Cup winning squad, so you're not I, having that I squad I didn't there. expect that. <laughs> so, go through the England squad for me, please. And we're allowed substitutes that came on. See, the friendly tag doesn't... And there was six substitutes that came on. It was literally only the back four and the keeper that didn't get changed. <sighs> I don't even feel confident about going for the obvious goalkeeping choice. Oh, uh, Sergio Hart. Yep. Thank God. Right, <laughs> oh, gotta think. Uh, I know it's a friendly, but I'll say Wayne Rooney. Not in the squad. See, this is where it just gets. Oh, God. It's the, fr- it's the friendly tag, man. That's why it's annoying. You can't go for any of the normal ones. 
I'll say Frank Lampard. Yep, he was captain of that day and scored the only goal. Oh, this is just horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Steven Gerrard, fuck it. No, again, not in the squad. Again, see. So that's both of them wrong, and that's another victory for me, and that's why I went for so light. So the rest of that squad was at right back, Glenn Johnson. I would never have thought that. Centre half pairing of Julian Lescott and Phil Jagielka. Never done one fuck all. Left back of Ashley Cole. I don't know how you didn't get that one. I thought he'd finished by then, to be honest. I thought that 2010 World Cup was his retirement. And now this midfield, which I don't know what formation was playing here, because we've got one. Two, three, four central midfielders on the pitch. And one's not actually a centre midfielder here. So the midfield was Theo Walcott. What? <laughs> I don't know whether he's... Yeah, because, well, they're doing it... I don't know what... Because I've got a Sky Sports thing here, so I don't know whether they're just done it based on numbers or whether the position they were playing. Do you know, I looked at the Sky Sports one for this thing. Apparently, it was all over the place. It had Carrick in defence. <laughs> Mm. Here's the next one. Phil Jones played in midfield. No, he was a CDM in yeah. back then. Scott Parker. Oh my god. <laughs> James Milner. No, he Lamp- deserved it, didn't he? Lampard, who you said, and the striker was Darren Bent. The subs that came on were Kyle Walker. The Darren, Darren- Bent was actually quite annoying because I'm guessing that game happened when he. Someone for us, and he, he's like his first season was, was great. Yeah. Kyle Walker on the bench, Gareth Barry, Jack Rodwell. Oh, God. Stuart Downing. Oh, no. Danny Welbeck. And uh, as same as before, we don't mention the six substitute. <laughs> Name redacted. Yep. So that is the squad, uh, which England won. 1-0 against uh, Spain. So anyway, because this game is probably only going to get pulled out the most in the international practice and yet we're just going to be doing international games. <laughs> yes. The uh, stupid pointless friendlies that mean nothing and we see people like goddamn Jack Rodwell involved. Yeah, I mean, I was going to do a game from like England versus Poland from as far back as I could possibly go, but then I thought, no, that was a bit too harsh. I thought maybe. No, get... I also saw one for like 2000. I had the opening. No, it wasn't Poland game. Oh, I was going to do England Greece 2001. Mm. Oh, Jesus. You say that, but it was the famous game from Beckham's free kick. Uh, Old Trafford. Yep. But even then, I'd, I'd struggle to name that squad. Look at it, I think you'd have been amazed to have gotten five. Yeah, that's the thing. But that, like, that squad was just... But I'm not under an Sven awesome, and Ericsson. Under Sven Jorin Eriksson, England had very uh, strange teams. The golden generation? Mm. Where he used Paul Scholes as a left midfielder. Like I said, the golden generation. <laughs> And people say, why didn't we win in anything? Because he had fucking ball skulls. Probably the best passer of a ball out of Lampard, skulls and Gerrard as a left midfielder. Who does that? 
Good old Sven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, right. Uh, I believe that is everything in terms of football news that we have rounded up. It is, but we didn't. We haven't yet rounded up the predictions league, which I'm about to do. So don't worry, I hadn't forgot. Uh, so we preview. Or we predicted all the six WSL games and uh, look back at them. So I went with 3-0 Man United, you went with 2-0, so that's a perfect score for you. Tottenham Arsenal, I went 4-1 Arsenal, you went 3-0, so again, that's a perfect score for you. So three points for both of them games. Man City, Reading, uh, we both got the right team wrong score, so that's a further two points for you and first two points for me. Oh, no, two more points for me. Uh, Brighton, Everton, we were both wrong because uh, I predicted a Brighton win, you predicted a draw. Chelsea Everton, uh, Chelsea Aston Villa, sorry, we both got right team wrong score again. That's two more points to us. And Birmingham Bristol, we were both wrong with. So at the end of this weekend's results, you're on 98 points, closing in on the 100 point mark now. Can taste it. And I'm out on front with 125. So I'm still got that gap. Um, we'll be doing that again later on this week, but. We do have Premier League fixtures to look forward to at the end of this week of the Easter weekend. Fantastic news. Yes, and fortunately for us as well, there's even games on uh, Good Friday as we have a whole set of championship fixtures as well. So a lot of games to look forward to over the next coming uh, week after this international break has finally decided to do one, which I believe it might actually be the last one before the year of start I believe it's just all the warm-up pictures if it is but we will probably be preoccupied with all the stuff in that time yes and much better stuff as well than international <laughs> pictures well, the bar's not that high I mean, <laughs> well yeah I mean any sort of club football is better than international football unless it's a major tournament uh, right that is it and we'll like I said we'll be back at the end of the week to look forward to the games in the Premier League and elsewhere across the world of football. And uh, wherever you are listening to, make sure you give us a like, comment and subscribe if you're listening to on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating if you're listening to on Apple Podcasts and download us if you are listening to on Spotify and any other platform as well. And until later on this week, it's goodbye from myself and goodbye from Brad. Yep, see ya. I'm off to line the sun. <laughs> Until later on this week, we'll see you soon.